0: We're in the middle of a Zoom boom right now, a Zoom boom. Organizations are adopting Zoom as the preferred platform for running training, coaching, mentoring sessions, both one-to-one and group sessions, and I've run four group sessions already this week, all on Zoom, 19 in August, and that does not include dozens of of coaching sessions. And the Zoom boom, as I call it, the Zoom boom is not going away anytime soon. It could, in fact, be the way that we're training and coaching for months or even several years to come. Now, don't get me wrong. Zoom can be fun, but there are limitations to Zoom. And I've made mistakes in learning Zoom this year in terms of the COVID pandemic and adapting to it. But I've also learned a lot from running my own training sessions via Zoom and of course taking part in some really good sessions as well. So today I'm going to give you seven tips on how to run a great training session on Zoom. This is episode 100 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey! And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hi, I'm Mark, the host of the Training Business Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the show. If this is your first time here great my sincere thanks to you for taking the time to listen to the show today and if it is your first time here and you've no idea what this is about this is the show for freelance trainers for training business owners for training consultants just like you and I all around the world and there are thousands of people out there in the training business community. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. You're a regular listener to the show, and it's my privilege and pleasure to bring you another episode of the show again this week. Now, the goal of the show, the goal of every episode of the show, it's the same. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. Before the music, I talked about the fact that Zoom right now is really going through a Zoom boom, which means that... All the training sessions that I'm running right now are on either Zoom or some other platform, but predominantly Zoom. And that of course is the it's also the way that running meetings is working right now. All the meetings I'm doing with clients or other companies I'm working with through their clients, it's all on Zoom. Zoom has become almost out of nowhere, the default way to communicate with people wherever they are in the world. And it's quite seamless. It's quite a quite um, a powerful platform. There are limitations. It is, in my opinion, no replacement for classroom training. But in some respects, it could be the way that things are run for a long time to come. So today, I'm going to give you, as I said before the music, seven tips to run a really great training session on Zoom. So the question I'm asking myself, if I'm in your shoes, is how do I do this? How do I run a training session on Zoom. Well, great question. Here are the seven tips I would give you. Now, I'm not going to go into designing content for Zoom. That's perhaps another episode, but I'll give you some hints on things to keep in mind when it comes to delivering training sessions on Zoom in respect of content. The first thing today is to invite people to what I call the pre-show. So, in my mind, when I get people to come early to a show, give a people give people a reason to turn up. Um, I can enable a waiting room in Zoom. That's a feature you may have discovered, you may not have discovered, but that's in the settings in Zoom. So by giving people a reason to turn up, this will encourage them to be on time. So you might, for example, email people saying there will be bonus tips. I'll be sharing a guide, a PDF. You may even you may even run a competition before the Zoom training session starts. You could have some kind of activity to break the ice. And this, as I said, gets people to turn up on time. So you can start on time and, of course, end on time. What you don't want are people pinging you or making that ding sound in Zoom because they're arriving late, because this distracts you from your training session. You have to open up uh, the list of participants and admit people. So my rule is if people are more than 15 minutes late, I just don't let them in. I just ignore their request to join. What's what's your policy? Have you any policies on how to encourage people to turn up to be on time so that you can end on time? You don't want people leaving before you finish because they may have another Zoom call to go to. So it's really important that you think of people's timeliness, because this is a reflection on your professionalism. So think of ways to invite people to a pre-show. I would start a training session 15 minutes beforehand if it's in my power to do so. Sometimes it's not, but if it's my training session I will or coaching session, I will open the chat room or open the waiting room 15 minutes beforehand and give people an activity, get to know them, get people to introduce themselves. And of course, this encourages people to be on time number two is to remind people with an email sequence and this is key i think it's really important to get people excited about the training session so zoom doesn't do this but you could use email sequences so think of a series of emails which you could write and send out one week in advance three days in advance one day in advance two hours one hour and 30 minutes in advance and you can use software like ConvertKit or MailChimp to do this for you or even set up a sequence in something like Office and simply send that out uh, at the appropriate times and you can you can schedule emails. And why, why do this? Well, because this, this gives people an introduction so you can tell people these are the parameters for this training session. I want you to have uh, your cameras switched on. I want you to have your microphones switched off or on. This session will be 2.5 hours in length. This session will be recorded. If you have any uh, issues with that, um, please don't take part or please let me know if you have issues with this. There will be break times at these times and of course there will be pre-work. And of course if you have any pre-work which you want to set people before they join the session, email is a great way to send this to them. So I'm a firm believer in giving people like a sequence or a series of emails to warm them up and to get them prepared for the training session before it actually begins on Zoom. And of course, email gives you the chance to excite people, to give them a reason to think about what they're about to learn and how they can apply what they learn. And you can use tools like Loom, that's L-O-O-M, loom.com, to film a quick video which films your screen and your face at the same time, and then people can see you, almost meet you, Before they meet you inside in the Zoom room. And very often, a problem with training is that people don't see their instructors or trainers or coaches or facilitators or mentors until they're on the screen. And I think that's an opportunity missed. So find a way, a reason to contact people, to email people, maybe to share a video with people so they can see you as the person training them before the training session begins. And also use the email sequence to give people some run through the rules, which is how the training session will work, the things you expect them to do or how you expect them to behave, etc. In other words, they might actually find value in understanding how this session will work for them and what is expected of them. Something else, of course, to keep in mind is that you could email people or film a quick video using something like Loom where you show people what breakout rooms look like, how to use various controls in Zoom, because many people are not familiar with Zoom. I had a few people this morning at 9am, and they were not clear what a breakout room is, and of course, how to mute themselves. And this is often the case, people are not familiar with some of the controls in Zoom, some of the settings in Zoom, they're hidden, you've got to know what to look for. And people sometimes do not bother, so it could be a good idea to film a quick video showing people what these controls look like, how to use them, and where to find them. Now, I mentioned rules, and that's my third tip today, which is to run through the rules. You want language to be clean, even if people are at home. You want it to be a noise-free environment, as much as possible. A respectful environment, as much as possible. A safe environment, as much as possible, Making sure people are available and mentally present, conscious of the fact that they're dealing with other people, professionals in the room. And of course, if you're running a training session which is public in nature, some people need to be really reminded of what is appropriate behavior on camera. You also want to explain to people that breaks will be starting on time and ending on time, and you want people back on time, and reminding people in terms of rules about being careful what to chat what to type in the chat room, the chat box, because this is public. If they're not careful, they could actually message people publicly. Um, you want to remind them maybe about the process of registering their presence. So you might ask people to submit their email addresses and names at the beginning of a session so you can note them or capture them and then share them with the people who need to have those emails addresses, email addresses and names to prove that those people were present. You might also want to... Explain that there will be some kind of breakout session and that in those sessions people need to be respectful and professional because you want to encourage discussion, but in a way that's professional. So all the rules stipulate things like turning up on time, pre-training work being submitted on time, uh, people respecting other people's time in Zoom in the breakout rooms, and of course during chat sessions. And you might then say to people, part of the way we run this session is that you will receive an evaluation. I'd like you to please complete this and return this on time. And this explains everything they need to know. So the rules understand or help people to understand exactly what the training session will entail, who's running it. Uh, Maybe you've got an assistant, what their role is, the fact that the session's recorded, the fact that people might need to mute their microphones if there's any kind of distracting noise or visual in the background. Step number four then is to get the video right. I mentioned video and this is the next tip which is all about video. I have seen a couple of sessions this week where I'm literally looking at people's eyes, their nose hair and their foreheads and these are people who should know better. It's it's ridiculous that people aren't conscious of what they are showing the world. And I read a story in the Guardian newspaper, that's a Guardian, a newspaper in the UK, about four weeks ago, where some guy in Spain, a member of a town council, went into the shower with his laptop, forgot to turn off his video camera. And although people couldn't hear him, they could actually see him in the shower. So Now that's an extreme example, but you know, you really want to get video right, because this is you on TV camera, effectively. You are facing the world. Potentially people might be watching recordings of your training session at some point in the future. So keep that in mind. You don't want people looking up your nose, seeing your eyes. If there's something embarrassing in the background, then remove it. What I do is I have a Boyata, that's B-O-Y-A-T-A, Boyata, laptop stand, which I can prop my laptop on, and it also keeps my camera at eye level. So I'm sure I'm looking at people at eye level And it looks quite professional. This is something I bought on Amazon for about $50. It is rock solid, solid aluminum, literally indestructible. It's portable. And it's something I would suggest you get if you're running a session and don't have a desktop computer with a full HD camera, get something which you can prop your laptop on. And speaking of background, you have two choices. One, you can use an augmented background, which is an image which you can upload from the internet. You've more than likely seen these. These could be pictures, static images of, say, a cafe background or a beach. Zoom has inbuilt ones, or you could import one which has got your branding on it. Or, second option, use a real background, which means you might use props in the background. Um, what I have is a brushed metallic sign, which I bought from Vista Print. That's a large printing company that makes signs. And you can have your branding glued or hung on the wall behind you, which looks very professional. And of course, it's a way of trademarking or protecting your training content if it's something that will be exported to video and viewed by other people. And keep that in mind that a good tip to think about is the fact that your training session, once you record this, could be exported professionally, edited, branded And turned into a training product. So keep in mind the fact that you need good lighting. You need to look professionally attired. You want a professional backdrop. And when it comes to lighting, ideally natural lighting is best. If you're recording your training, keep in mind that this has a kind of permanence about it. Which means that this is something which will be seen again and again and again. So you want to put some effort into the way you're dressed your camera really showing you up properly professionally giving a good backdrop virtual or physical and having branding present if it's something you want to use to trademark or copyright your content so that's the video element of things tip number 5 is the audio right now i'm recording on a usb microphone it's from it's a brand of microphone called blue yeti it's a very popular microphone with podcasters. It costs $129 on Amazon. That's a US price. It's about the same in pounds or euros, if I recall, perhaps a bit more in euros. But it's a USB mic, no tech involved, no need for any kind of, you know, studio arm like you see in on radio shows where they've got some kind of boom mic swiveling above the presenter's head. You can simply plug this into a USB port or an adapter, and plug that into your Mac. If you're using a Mac, if you're using a PC, a Dell machine, or a Toshiba, or something else, it will naturally have USB ports. And you can plug this thing in, you can buy some kind of foam cover for it. Um, that's to prevent uh, the pop sound. If I do, you can hear that sound. That um, sponge, which goes on top of the microphone, prevents that from happening. And Often I see people using very poor quality microphones. You ideally want to use the best quality microphone you can use, and you can use ones from companies like Sennheiser or Plantronics. Now, people need to hear you. Your video could be very good, but if your audio is poor, this is a poor reflection on your training standards. People will not listen to content for long if they don't like the sound of things. Shabby sound really distracts from... Um, your, your, your voice, in fact, and of course, the training you're giving. And also keep in mind that some mics are very good at picking up the kinds of sounds you don't want people to hear. So if you need to, use cushions in your environment, use soft furnishings, use anything which will absorb sound. And again, cushions, soft furnishings, curtains are ideal for this. You want a sign on the door telling people not to come into your room. You want to record away from windows. I've often made the mistake of recording next to a window. And it's funny how the wind or the draft or the air conditioning or a sound outside appears on the recording of your training. You don't want that to happen because it has to be edited out. And sometimes it's quite difficult to do that. So that's tip number five. Tip number six then is what we call getting your design right. Now I said to you, I wouldn't go into design too much. But keep this in mind. People learn in one of three ways, and sometimes a combination of those three ways. People learn using visual information, which means that people learn from pictures, from videos, from images. They learn from infographics. Secondly, people learn in a kinesthetic way. What that means is people learn by doing things. So if I'm talking to you for two hours, you will be bored out of your mind. I need to give you an excuse to use your own phone, your own iPad, your own uh, laptop, tablet, your own pen, something you have on your desk which you can touch, lift, feel and interact with. The third way that people learn is auditory. So right now you're listening to this as an audio file, but you might choose to record your training as an audio file. You know, So you might record this training session on Zoom, but you can export the audio track as an mp3 file which people can listen to in the car in the gym on the way home and some people actually have a clear preference for auditory information and this is why amazon sells a lot of audiobooks because people would rather listen to a book than read a book so keep this in mind people learn in three main modalities they are visual kinesthetic and auditory visual imagery kinesthetic learning by doing and auditory learning by hearing And the rule of thumb is you want to change modalities, ideally, every 10 to 12 minutes. So design your content in a way that people have something to listen to, people have something to do, people have something to look at to watch, people have something to interact with. And ideally, you're changing slides every two minutes. Any longer than two minutes, people will get bored. Uh, They'll look up their window, they'll look at their phones. Because we live in the age of digital distraction, if people are on their laptops watching you, it's quite possible they have a second screen open, they're checking out Netflix. And a couple of times I've heard people completely zone out after even the 20-minute mark and they're, they're looking at sports and I can hear that in the background. So you really want to make this clear to yourself that your training needs to captivate people, motivate people and keep them focused on the content. So Lots of variety in terms of what you're showing on the screen, changing slides maximum every two minutes if you're using slides, asking plenty of questions, getting people to use their own voice, maybe to chat something in the chat window, asking people to use a poll and there are polls inbuilt into Zoom. You can create a poll and of course you always need to do this in advance and get people to give their answer to one of your questions. How many people think this is true A, B, C or D? people press the poll response, which makes sense to them. And instantly people can see the consensus view of other people on the training session. So this is really powerful. This is a way to get people interacting and not just sitting back passively watching your presentation. So use polls, use the chat box, get people to, another idea is to get people to do something back at home on front of the camera, and hold this up to the camera. We call this a show and tell. So get people to draw something, uh, create something, and then show something to everyone in the audience, if that is appropriate, given the size of the audience. It may not be appropriate for time reasons. Sometimes we use this kind of activity in smaller group sessions, but you might find it makes sense to do this to keep people focused and interested. So if you want to get people to do things, and I encourage you to do this, tell them what to do and explain to them what to do and give them something to do. Something else I saw a couple of weeks ago is crazy, but it works for some people. Get people to do Zoom yoga. So take a break. So rather than lose people's attention, get them to stand up, put the chair away, do a stretch, um, turn around, jump up and down, and people sit down and have a laugh. So be creative. Don't take people's attention for granted. That's the main thing. People have all kinds of distractions particularly from the phone, particularly from their kids if they're at home, and many of us are at home these days, perhaps something on TV, radio, we have interruptions. So the way to work with this is to bring interruptions under your control, into your training session, interrupt people's attention spans by giving them a quiz, uh, giving them a poll, asking them to chat with you live to switch on their microphone, answer questions, give their point of view, tell a story another great one, but get people to talk, get people to think, get people to do. That's the point I'm making here. Get people to think, get people to talk, get people to do, give them a reason to use their keyboard. Don't tell people, put your phones away because they won't. They won't. Get them to use their laptops, their tablets, get them to show something, get them to tell people things, get them to stand up, put away the chair, get them to move around and take frequent breaks. My rule of thumb is every... I would say every 60 minutes and some people would say that's not enough. Every 60 minutes maximum there should be a break of at least 10, maybe 15 minutes and ensure that your training session factors in regular breaks. If people get really really bored, they they go away, make a cup of coffee and they lose the value of your training session. So the reality is people learn in different ways. They want to be challenged, they want interaction, they want fun and they want you to give them things to do besides just listening to you. Great. Tip number seven today, the last one, is to give them a next step. Before you end the session, give people the evaluation form link to complete. Give them a quiz to fill out. Uh, Ask them to type into the chat window what they want to do with the information you've just given them, give them something to download, give them an address to go to, give them something to register for. Always give people a takeaway, something they can take away in terms of the main points, the salient points, the key takeaways from your training session. And secondly, and more importantly, give them a next step. People always want to believe there's something to do next. There's something to record next or register for next. As I said, if appropriate, you can give them a link to click on, something to follow, sign up for this, register for this, subscribe to this, give them a PDF to download in exchange for their email address and their contact details, their name, etc. Give them a checklist, which summarizes the main points, a summary sheet, which summarizes the main point of the training, and something else you might like to do, and I've seen this done very well is to ask people before they sign off to, on front of the group, if this is appropriate, some people may not like this, you may not like this, ask them to give a testimonial. What did you find was the most powerful, compelling, informative, useful, helpful thing from today's session? And get them to record that testimonial right then and there because they're on front of their laptop or they're on front of their tablet. You have them in video and with their permission. You can use this, you can get this edited, you can polish it up, improve the audio, and you can use this to market your next training session. So never leave or never end a training session on Zoom without giving someone something they can uh, take action with, they can summarize, they can recap, they can review, they can learn from, and secondly, give people a next step. Something to do, something to watch, to listen to, something they can identify them their interest in and of course this tells you what kind of content to create for them as a next step. Get this professionally improved, edited, reviewed, polished and use it to market your next training session. So my final thoughts today are that we could be seeing Zoom around for a long while to come. As I'm recording this today on the 11th of August 2020 there is and I'm conscious you may be listening to this at some point in the future but right now There is, as far as I know, no clear outcome, or at least no clear way out of this current pandemic. And the implication is that training could be delivered through Webinar Jam and through uh, Cisco WebEx, but of course, predominantly Zoom for a long time to come. There are other solutions like the ones I've mentioned, but this is the go-to standard right now. Zoom right now is the go-to standard, the platform of choice for training, coaching, mentoring. So it's worth getting to know it and improving your skills. And of course, this is my bonus tip. Go on to YouTube and look up some videos on using some of the hidden features and settings in Zoom. Become a Zoom master because this is the platform that can actually deliver training to your clients and make you money. So there you have it, seven tips today to help you run a great training session on Zoom. Thank you for your time today. And please keep the suggestions and ideas for episodes, guests, and content coming. These come from you. You can email me anytime, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Reach out, connect to me on LinkedIn, and share your ideas for future episodes of the podcast. Speaking of which, there is of course a fresh episode, episode 101. Next Thursday, which I think is Thursday the 18th. Is that right? No, let me quickly check my calendar. I can't add. It is Thursday the 20th. Wow. So nearing the end of September 2020, fresh episode next week. I look forward to your company then. But until then, please stay safe and enjoy your break. Take care. Bye for now.